Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Building Educator Capacity Podcast. My name is Phil, and I'm your host today. Many thanks to Liz Elliott, band teacher at Whitewater Middle School in Whitewater, Wisconsin, for the music used in today's podcast. We have a very exciting episode today, talking about how to engage your audience through telling the right story. We'll be going over a simple step-by-step guide that you can implement in your communications starting today. Our very own Mitchell Lilly, Executive Director of Marketing and Communications at CISA2, will be hosting this discussion with Dr. J.J. Peterson. Dr. J.J. Peterson serves as the Chief of Teaching and Facilitation at StoryBrand. J.J. is an expert in communications and branding, helping more than 10,000 organizations survive and thrive in a competitive world. Now, let's listen on how to best tell your story to your audience. Hello, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Thanks for joining the Building Educator Capacity Podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so on this podcast, we strive to improve student learning by expanding the capacity of our diverse school districts. And an extremely important aspect of education is communication. Yeah. I know you have your doctorate in communication um, or in philosophy of communication. Uh, that's correct. Yep. Yep. So why don't you uh, start by just telling us a little bit more about your background and how you got into helping so many organizations with communication. Yeah, I have a pretty diverse background, uh, starting all the way back in college when I was studying public relations and came out of college and uh, worked for a nonprofit that builds homes in Mexico, homes and schools and churches in Mexico, and ran their communications uh, for them, fundraising, getting people to participate, all of that. And also then kind of through the years, I did comedy for a little bit, actually. Oh, nice. <laughs> I did improv comedy. I was a pastor for a little bit. I worked in Hollywood for a little bit, did some writing and acting and directing, and, um, and then ultimately got into education myself. Went back and got my master's and began teaching communication at a couple of different universities in Southern California. And then ended up getting my doctorate communication and kind of how I ended up where I am now, oddly enough, is I, so I work for a company called StoryBrand and so many companies and organizations that are out there have a really hard time explaining what they do to people in a way that engages their audiences, whether that's to, you know, giving a speech or uh, selling something or fundraising you know, they just have a hard time saying, how do I engage this audience in a way that compels them to act? And um, so we go in and work with companies on their messaging and specifically marketing to help them clarify their message and grow their audience and grow their business. And so how I got to that point was I was actually Dean of Students at a university in Southern California. And as you do in Southern California, I sold a reality television show to a production company (laughs) that starred my brothers and I um, called Bad A Brothers. And the premise was that we're, my brothers and I are so not bad A that we can't even say the word. And so we want to up our bad A reputation. And the way we do that is by going around and finding those old weird laws that are still on the books. Like you can't cross the Minnesota border with the duck on your head. And we oh. break those laws so we could be more bad at <laughs> So, so I, I left the school and began kind of uh, the process of creating this television show. And I actually came to StoryBrand to clarify my own message. So to figure okay. out how to brand myself, how to brand the television show, 
I came to a workshop at StoryBrand and uh, we put on live work, we put on live stream right now because of COVID, but workshops every couple months where people can join online and help clarify their message. They have a coach that walks them through and helps create their messaging. So I came to do that and fell in love with the process because here I had been trying to figure out how to tell great stories and communicate clearly my whole career. I mean, really, like my whole career, and I even taught people how to create great speeches and communication. And I found the story brand framework and I fell in love. And I, being an educator myself, started helping everybody around me clarify their message instead of working on my own at this workshop. And StoryBrand ended up asking me if I'd be willing to come and work for them and, and continue doing that on a regular basis. So wow. now that's what I do is I travel around. Well, I used to travel around before COVID, but I work with companies all over the world and nonprofits and schools and any kind of organization that wants to communicate anything really. And I help them clarify their message so that their customer base and their audience grows. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. That is, uh, you touched on uh, uh, so many things that I'd, I'd love to follow up on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I may need to uh, somehow snag a, a copy of that, uh, that bad A bros TV show. <laughs> well, it never made it on TV. We made a, we made a sizzle reel to pilot, but it actually never made it on TV. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. That is too bad. That might have to resurface someday. Yeah, for real. And I'm sure that in your workshops at StoryBrand and in your meetings with organizations, you probably hear what I'm what I'm about to say a ton of different times. We we're different. We're unique. This yeah. is not going to work for us because of X. So yeah. let me just give you a little background of of education and communication yeah. in in the K twelve field real quick, yeah. and let me uh, follow up on that. So a school district, if they have a communications person at all. Um, they're they're probably on an island. They probably don't have a team. They don't they don't have a communications staff um, or anything like that. And and sometimes maybe even the superintendent is that communications person. And and the small districts, as I'm sure you're aware, you know the superintendent may be the communications person. They're doing their superintendent things. They may also be the principal of a school. They may also be the director of facilities, and they may mow the lawn on the weekends. Yeah. So they wear they wear a million different hats and a communications role. You know, even in that singular role, they wear a million different hats. They have to deal with PR. They have to manage employee engagement. And there are a variety of other things, social media, copywriting, endless amount of, of workload. Why should a school district focus on communication and how can they be effective in that? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, good communicators move, ultimately, the goal is to move people to action right? So it's either to get them to buy into an idea or, or buy into a, a program or, you know, ultimately say in marketing, put your dollars forward, right? So in education in particular, when you can communicate well, you can actually rally people around an idea, a program, uh, a vision forward. And there, you know, the reality is so many people are dealing with so many demands on their time these days, right? They're like between just what the family needs and what advertising that's out there and television and the workload that they have and every, like our brains are really full. They're literally just like full of information and stuff. In fact, the, I think one of the latest statistics I saw is even now we receive about 5,000 commercial messages a day, right? 
So we're just getting, that's just commercial messages, let alone everything else that's coming at us. And so when you're trying to communicate, what we have to realize is we're not just in that moment competing against people trying to pay attention. We're competing against everything else that's going on in their brains. All the noise that has been coming at them all day long. And if you are not clear about your message and you don't tell a good story, you're not going to move people to action. We no longer can just stand up and like say something and because we're a leader, expect people to follow. You have to actually invite people into a powerful story. And that really is where I think people can be more effective in their communication is they can be telling the right story. And so many of us, I think even before I came to StoryBrand, we may be good communicators, but we're not telling the right story. So some of my, I'll kind of go back a little bit. Some of my study and my dissertation in particular for my PhD was in an area called narrative transportation. So narrative transportation is the idea that somebody can get quote unquote lost in a story, right? That like, if you ever say like, I got lost in a book or you are watching a movie and something scary happens and you jump, right? you have entered into that story. You've got lost in the story. You've transported yourself into that story. Well, the research shows that the better the story, the higher level of narrative transportation happens. The better the story, the more likely you are to see yourself in the story, identify with the characters in the story. The other research shows that the more narrative transportation that people experience, that the more likely their minds will change and their actions will change. So better communicators tell better stories that invite people into that story. And when that happens, their minds and their actions actually are changed because of it. So what it all starts with is understanding what type of story we're trying to tell. And when I say that, what a lot of people think is, well, I need to be a good storyteller like at parties, or I need to be able to find like that one child story whose life was changed by a teacher or by a program, and that will get everybody crying, and then they're gonna buy into this program. And while some of that can be true, what really communicators need to start thinking differently is about is what type of story they're telling. And no matter what you're communicating, you need to stop communicating your own story, and you need to start inviting people into a story. And what I mean by that is you need to make your audience the hero of the story you're telling. And that's really what we teach people at StoryBrand to do, is to figure out how do you create, tell a story or even use marketing or a speech or anything to invite people in by telling them their story. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is really understanding how story works. Story brings clarity to messaging. It helps you stay focused. There are rules to story. And if you break those rules, then you descend into some of that noise I was talking about earlier. So you have to follow the rules of story. And in its most basic form, story follows this framework. There's, you know, if you're going to write a screenplay or a novel, there's a lot more points to it. But in its most basic form, story really boils down to seven elements. There are seven elements in every good story. The, and, and once I say these, people will start to see like, oh, I'll see this in every movie. You'll see this in every story. So the first is that there is a character, that you meet a character early on in the story, and that character wants something very specifically. 
And it has to be really about one thing. The character wants one thing. They're trying to accomplish something. Jason Bourne wants to know his identity. Luke Skywalker wants to become a Jedi and defeat the empire, right? There's everybody, Katniss wants to win the Hunger Games. There's this, the character you identify very early, they want something. That's element number one. Element number two is that character has to encounter a problem. There has to be a problem that gets in the way of them getting what they want. A story is only interesting if a character encounters a problem. If they're just laying on the beach for the whole movie, and enjoying the sun and sand, not a good movie, right? right? Right. So they have to encounter a problem. Then the third element is that a character then has to overcome that problem, but we know as an audience, they can't overcome it by themselves. So they meet a guide. They meet somebody who is going to help them overcome that problem. Typically that person has been through the same problem they've been through before, so can guide them on the way. So you know, Luke Skywalker has Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda. Uh, Katniss has Hamish. Every, every movie has a guide, somebody who is steady and helps them along the way. Then the guide gives them a plan. That's element number four. Gives them a plan to overcome the problem. And you'll hear that line in a movie, ev- all, like almost every movie, what's the plan or here's the plan. You'll see that in its most basic form, like there's always a plan. <laughs> Then there's a moment that the hero must be called to action. There is a moment they have to accept or reject moving forward. There's a call to action. And then the final two elements are we know what failure looks like. It's been foreshadowed what failure can look like if they don't take action. And we know what success looks like if they do take action. So failure would be everybody's enslaved and dies, or you don't get the girl, or you don't get the job promotion. Success is you get the job promotion, there's a wedding at the end, the Death Star's destroyed, everybody lives happily ever after. So those are the seven elements. A character who encounters a problem, who meets a guide, who gives them a plan, calls them to action, and we know that there are stakes in the story, so we know that there's success and failure that can happen. Now. The mistake most people make when they are telling a story, when they're trying to invite people into the story, is they make themselves the hero of the story, or they make the program the hero of the story, or they make the school district the hero of the story. That's not how we teach people to position themselves in the story. Your audience is the hero, always. Whoever you're trying to engage in the story is the hero. So you have to identify what is it that the, the audience or the people you're trying to bring in want? What's the problem that gets in the way for them? Then you, this is the big paradigm shift for story brand, is you must position yourself as the guide in the story. You are not the hero. Your audience, your customer, they are the hero. You are the guide who is there to help them overcome this problem who gives them a plan, calls them to action, and then casts a vision for what success and failure can look like. So really, really practically, my mom was a, you know, I know you're, you deal with public schools primarily, right? Primarily, yes. So my mom was a principal at a private school, and she came to a point where she had to actually raise tuition. They hadn't raised tuition for years before she got there. She had to raise tuition. And she ended up taking the story brand framework into parent meetings and and decided she was going to position the parents as the hero in the story. So instead of walking in and begging people for money, 
or doing a, like almost apologizing for having to raise tuition to families. Mm -hmm. She identified, okay, let's just talk about this. What do the parents want for their children? What's the problem that's getting in the way of that? How do I position myself as the guide and say, we have an answer to help you overcome this problem. Here is our plan. All you have to do is this. And when you do, this is what life will look like on the other side. And she walked out of those two parent meetings and she didn't even offer up raising tuition. And by the end of the meetings, all of the parents said, we need to raise tuition. And my mom wow. was going, I mean, if you say so, you know, <laughs> if you say so. If that's what we got to do. If that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. But it was because when, when she, if she was to walk in to try to get parent buy-in, what she has to do in that moment is she has to elevate herself and try to be kind of puff up her chest a little bit and go, look, I'm in charge. I know what's best and has to kind of fight with the parents because what ultimately, if you come in and you're trying to raise tuition and you're telling that story, if your parents want something and you want something, if you're the hero of the story, then you're in opposite stories of your parents. In fact, of the parents, in fact, you're in competing stories often. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you put yourself in your audience's story as the guide, now you're in their story. So whether you're recruiting, let's let's just take this for teachers. Right. Like so a superintendent has to engage teachers in a new procedure. Right. You have to fill out something or you have to start new testing or yep. something or let's just even in this covid time, you have to transfer from back and forth from live and in person to Zoom. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so absolutely. instead of walking in and going, hey, because of COVID, we have to actually, you know, change to Zoom and these are the regulations and this is what you have to do. No, that story is about you as the school district. You need to stop before you ever communicate any of that and say, all right, what is it in the context of this story we're about to tell? What is it that the teachers want? What is the problem that is getting in the way of them getting what they want? How do I, as the superintendent, position myself as a guide in order to help them get what they want, which is also what we want, right? I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not in that here's our very clear plan. Yeah. So it's a very clear plan that's thought out and it's not 20 steps. It's three steps. There's three things we have to do. Here's how we're going to get buy-in. This is the call to action I'm going to give you. And then you need to cast a vision for what happens if they don't buy in and cast a vision for what happens if they do. And that right there, all of a sudden, now you move from handing out a form that people have to sign to say, yep, I'm gonna show up for these hours and these are, I'm gonna follow these regulations on Zoom. And instead now you've invited your audience, your teachers into a story where they get to be the hero. Yeah. They don't have to just sit back and be powerless in this process. They actually get to be heroes in this journey. And they get to change. It's an epic story at that point, really, where they get to overcome the problems and you're helping them. You're not competing against them. You're inviting them into a powerful story. Yeah, that that makes absolute sense to me. Everyone, everyone wants to be the hero of the story, right? No, yeah. everyone wants to be Luke Skywalker or Katniss. They, you know, they don't want to be uh, hey, Mitch on the sidelines helping out. They want to be the person uh, making the making the stuff happen. Yep, exactly. So makes makes complete sense to me. and. And certainly, uh, I think that I would love to be invited into a story rather than uh, told a story. You know, I think that that's probably why um, I've, I've heard a lot in your 
your story brand discussions on, on your podcast and, and some other things um, where, you know, folks don't really care about, uh, you know, when your organization was founded. They don't yeah. care about uh, that background information. They want to know how you can help them out and how can, yep. how can you help me do what I need to do? Yep. The only reason why people are coming to you to trust you even as a leader is because you solve problems. Right. And now you now a lot of even in superintendents and people in those kind of positions, they're solving them collectively for the whole group, right? But also understanding that you're solving problems for those individuals who you're speaking to as well. Mm-hmm. And same thing like for anybody who is in a communications piece, right? So let's say somebody is you're about ready to launch. Let me think. Like, give me give me an example of something like a communications director, maybe that might send out to parents or teachers, like what would be something that a communications director would do? Sure. I think, you know, certainly around referendum time where a school district might need to go to referendum and get some additional funds from the community. Yeah. That would be a very uh, difficult subject to approach with with their community. That would be a a big project for a communications director. There you go. So that's huge, right? So if you're just saying we need the money, right, that makes the story about you. Or even if you're trying to say the children need the money, which, you know, is a little bit better, but, but that still is not making the story about the, the audience you're going after. So you have to identify what is it that this community wants and how do you then invite them into that story? So, you know, this is what we're looking for, for our community and our schools in general, identify that the problem is, and the problem can't just be about money. You know, I mean, it can be potentially, but you can't just say the problem is we don't have enough money. There's got to be a problem that you have to identify. And then you come on as the guide and you say, I get it. I live in this community too. So I want the same things for our community. Here is our plan to move this forward so that this community gets what it wants. One, two, three. Mm -hmm. So vote for this referendum, right? That's the call to action because when we do, our community is going to stop feeling like this, that's failure. And instead, we're going to be able to build a community that's like this, success, right? So instead of just saying, here's what we need money, here's what we're going to do with that money, you have to change it to say, what does this community want? What's the problem that's getting in the way? How does the referendum as part of the plan solve that problem? Call them to action in the cast vision. Makes sense to me. And and. You're, you're, so you're talking a lot about clarity and you're mentioning things like the, the, the one, two, three, as opposed to a, a 20, a list of 20 different things that might be, that might benefit the community and a simple call to action. Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, the clarity piece. Yeah. So it kind of goes back to a little bit of what I was saying in the beginning is we have so much noise that's going on in our brains. We have a lot of messages that are coming at us all the time. The messages that are going to stick are the messages that are clear. That's it. Really, like if clarity is going to win out over cute and cleverness all the time and people try to make like cute presentations and cute newsletters and cute ads, it's like those are fine, but clarity is going to win. And that is because our brains are designed to tune out information that doesn't contribute to our survival and thriving. Because we have so much information going on in our head. So like, for instance, if you walked into an auditorium anybody listening to this, they walk into your school auditorium. I bet you have no idea in the moment how many chairs are in there, but you always know where the exits are, right? Because 
the chairs or seats, unless you have the number in your head because you're the superintendent. <laughs> but, you know, most people walk in that room, they don't know how many chairs are there. They just know where the exits are because the chairs do not directly contribute to my survival and thriving. So when you create a clear story that you invite people into, what you're doing is you're breaking through all the noise and you're showing how it contributes to your audience's survival and thriving, right? And so that's like when you, when you understand what the character wants and you understand what problem is getting in the way of that, and you can articulate those clearly and succinctly, then what you're doing is you're saying, hey, this story is about you and it's about your survival and thriving. And people then will pay attention to that. They will, that will break through all the clutter and noise that they're, they have going on in their brain. They will perk up. They'll literally say, oh, the story's about me and it's about my survival and thriving. Now I need to pay attention. And you can't, um, you know, and one of the ways, ways that our brain helps us focus on that is that if there's, if something causes us to have to think too deeply, we burn calories when we think, right? So anytime you're kind of making decisions or you're having to think, you're studying for a test, you're in an all-day meeting about something, your brain is burning calories, which is why like you're exhausted at the end of the day of sitting in a boardroom just trying to make decisions. It's because you've actually been burning calories all day long, right? And in order to survive, our brain goes, if I burn all these calories by thinking and all of a sudden a tiger jumps out and attacks me, I'm not going to have any brain power to escape that tiger. So any opportunity I have to turn my brain off, I'm going to take. So mm. if anything becomes confusing or overwhelming or too much information that doesn't directly in that moment contribute to survival and thriving, our brains are designed to tune us out. That's why we start daydreaming. That's actually a survival mechanism hmm. that our brains tune out what's going on so we don't have to burn calories so that we can have them later if a tiger attacks us. <laughs> and so when you tell a clear story that follows those rules, people's minds are engaged. And specifically some things about clarity that some tips for clarity in those kind of situations. When you're creating a story and inviting people into the story, each of those elements that I mentioned earlier can only be about one thing. They can't be about, the character can't want 20 things. The character has to want one thing. Jason Bourne can't want to understand who he is, but also train for a marathon, open a bakery, get the girl. He right. can't do all those things. It has to be about, the movie has to be about one thing or the audience will tune out. They don't know which story to pay attention to. It's too confusing. So when you're creating messaging points for the story, the character want has to be about one thing. The problem that's getting in the way has to be one thing. The way you position yourself as a guide with empathy and authority has to be about one thing. Now, the plan, it has to be one plan, can't be like 20 plans, but the plan, we only want you to have three steps in that plan. That's easy to memorize. Our brains are actually designed we memorize things in rules of three. It's why, like you say, you know, when you catch on fire, you stop, drop, and roll. When you have an emergency, you dial 911. Right? The, you, you, it's, it's called the rule of threes, and we memorize things in threes and fours, but really threes. So you want to give people a three-step plan because that's going to be easy to understand. You want one call to action every time. So you don't stand up in front of the PTA 
and say, well, first thing, what you're going to do is you're going to send me an email. Then we're going to meet on Saturday. Then on Friday, we're going to, no, has to be one thing. What is the one thing you want from them? So each of those steps of the story, it has to be about one thing. Now, over time, you can tell multiple stories, but not at the same time. When you're getting up and giving a speech, when you're writing an email, when you're sending out any kind of communication piece in general that is like an advertisement or a flyer or a one pager, it has to be about one story. You throw in too many stories, people will get confused. You will lose all clarity. So clarity, when you ask specifically, you know, talk about the clarity piece, the clarity, there's two things that I just want people to remember about this is when something becomes clear, there's the first thing is it, it becomes clear to me when I understand how it impacts me. So how it directly contributes to my survival and thriving. If I don't understand how it contributes to my survival and thriving, then I throw it out. I, it's unclear. It's gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So First, you have to make the story about the audience and about their survival and thriving, which means you have to identify their problems and how you help them overcome that. The second piece is in that story, you can't, we think that by adding all this other information and a ton of different calls to action and all the things we're doing in a plan and all the stuff that we're adding value to the story, we're showing people how important this is. And reality, when you do that, you're just confusing people. Clarity in a story is about one story, one thing, one call to action, one problem. And if people can understand those two things about story, that make the story about the, about the audience and make it clear and concise, then they're going to be better communicators. Makes sense to me. A lot, of, a lot of actionable takeaways from this. And the interesting thing about clarity to me is we just had a conversation with Dr. David Quinn from, also from California. Um, in another podcast episode, and he was talking about clarity in the sense of teacher clarity and how it may help reduce uh, racial biases in, in grading and uh, potentially a bunch of other biases as well. And so it sounds like clarity can help communication, but then also a myriad of other, other, oh, other yeah. opportunities as well. So clarity okay. is king, it sounds like. Oh, I, I believe so. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, and again, you know, what initially drew me to the to the story brand uh, framework was the emphasis on story. And I, I just think that, you know, school districts have an incredible story to tell. And mm -hmm. so they can definitely leverage that um, in their communications with the community, their faculty, and their students. Yeah. Um, so JJ, are there are there any other actionable takeaways that we that we can maybe provide our, our school district communication teams to uh, be more effective? Um, I mean, you know, we at StoryBrand do live stream workshops. We put them on about every other month, so people can actually go to StoryBrand.com and see kind of when a new workshop is coming up and when they can come. And I think and I think that's for anybody, right? So anybody who's learning to be a better communicator um, mm -hmm. is welcome to come to those and you get coached through the process. Um, I think for me, the, the, the most actionable, or I don't even know if it's actionable, but I will try to make it actionable. <laughs> I think for me, the most important thing that changed my life is understanding that I, anytime I'm trying to communicate with people, that I am not the hero of the story. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're communicating to students, doesn't matter if you're communicating to parents, to other teachers, to other school districts, to the government, 
always, when I can position myself as the guide and not the hero in the story, not only does it make for more effective communication and more effective buy-in from the audience, but it actually just feels better to me, right? A lot of us got into education because we wanted to help people, right? It, yeah. You don't go into education to make a lot of money. <laughs> you know, you don't go into education for fame. You go into education because you want to make a difference and because you actually want to impact the people that you are engaging with, whether you're a teach on the ground teacher or you're in administration, you got into education to make a difference. And by being the guide in the story, you're always positioning other people as the hero and learning how to help them succeed. And you will ultimately benefit from that in the long run as well, right? You're going to win when they win, you win. So that's not a, you know, that's, it's, it's not purely ulterior motive, but the reality is it, it just feels better. It feels better when you can position other people and you stop having to try to prop yourself up, stop having to make arguments about why you're smarter or why you're better, why your idea is more important. It's all about helping other people succeed. And so for me, not only is incredibly effective, but it just makes me feel better when I can be the guide in other people's hero story. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I I think that you know, perhaps educators should should be educators, and and maybe they do deserve some some fame and fortune. Yes, <laughs> uh, but uh, that that is not the case as of right now. Um, maybe we can maybe we can make a shift there someday. But you know, I feel like we need to have uh, the the three key points just for clarity's sake. You know, if a school district wants to be effective at communication, maybe to think about positioning themselves as the guide, mm-hmm. being extraordinarily clear. And utilizing that that story brand framework in their messaging. Yep, I think that's fantastic. Awesome. Well, Dr. JJ Peterson, thanks for joining us on the Building Educator Capacity Podcast. We can't thank you enough. Oh no problem. Glad to be here. All right. Thank you. Many thanks to both Mitchell and JJ for that great discussion. By flipping our mindset from talking about us and our needs to instead making our listeners the heroes, we can help get our messages across clearly and concisely. You can use this story brand framework in education and in all sorts of situations, so I do hope that you can use these steps discussed today to become more effective communicators. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check the podcast description for links and resources mentioned in today's podcast. If you like this episode and want to hear more insightful discussions, consider subscribing to the Building Educator Capacity Podcast wherever you happen to get your podcast. We hope you'll join us again next time. Can't wait to see you then.